Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. Good morning, everyone. My name is Terry. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. Good morning up to the balcony as well. I see you up there, even though it's dark, I see you up there. Um, and good morning to you at home who are watching, and uh, we're really excited that you're here today. We continue a message series entitled The Moment, and um, I'm really excited. I really am thankful. Pastor Aaron kicked off this series last week, and I appreciate that. My family and I, we um, uh, traditionally, we spend Thanksgiving down in South Florida with our family. It's a lot easier to travel at that time of year. And, uh, and so um, we were down there, and, and moments matter, don't they? Um, you know, it, it, those of you that love this Christmas season, isn't it true that uh, we, we can't wait for Christmas Eve to come, but at the same token, we, know, we don't want it to end? And so you spend all this anticipation wanting it to get here, and then when it gets here, and then it's Christmas Day, and all the presents have been going through, the, the parties are done, everything else, there's an emptiness, there, there's a, a loss, isn't there? And what makes, what makes our emotions and those moments matter so much? Um, I, I know what that feels like a little bit. Um, as I said, I was in Fort Lauderdale, and we were having dinner on a Monday night, and there was a Christmas tree in the square of this town that we were in, and um, the family saw this beautiful Christmas tree, and they, they said, you know, let's go take a picture in front of that tree. So we were taking pictures, and um, I'll tell you when a moment happens. Um, it's when all of a sudden my 12-year-old now, Connor, is, is at, entering into, the Lord help me, those teenage years, and and he was there, and he said, yeah, Dad, let's go get a picture. I said, okay, and we walked over in front of the tree, and right before the picture was taken, here's what he did. He, he reached his arms around me, and he squeezed me, and he said in a very, very heartfelt voice, I love you, Daddy. That was a moment. When I look at that picture for years to come, I, I, I have this sense when, when I have grandchildren prayerfully one day, I will look back at that picture and miss having that moment because it was special. And I think a lot of us, when we enter in this time of season, we want moments like that to last. For some in this room, Christmas is here, and right now as I'm bringing this up, you're, you're frustrated because you feel like you're missing those moments. And what makes us miss those moments? Well, we're going to look into a story today of a, a young girl, um, a teenage girl, and we're going to see how a moment changed the direction of her life, but not the way that she thought. Um, if you're here today and, and you're not used to it, you know, I, I usually give some lines and some notes to, to you to remember. And this whole message is centered around this one note. And I want to give it to you. And it says this, the, the moment has the power to change more than you think. Standing in front of a Christmas tree taking just a picture and you're tired and you want to go home. When a moment happens, it has the power to change a lot more than you think. And in this young girl's life 2,000 years ago, there was a moment that an angel had with a young girl and it would change her life forever. We're going to dive into part of the Christmas story, into the life of Mary and Joseph today. And many of you, even if you're not a Christian in this room, you've probably heard this story before, but we're going to dive in and really going to look at what makes those moments so special in her life and how it relates to ours? So we're going to look at Luke chapter 1, and we're going to begin in verse 26 and walk through this story. 
So here starts the story of Mary being visited by the angel Gabriel. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. Now let me give you a little insight here. If you've been a part of our church for some time, you've, been, you've walked through a last message series and we introduced a group of people called the Samaritans and we talked about why people despised the Samaritans because the Samaritans lived in a place and the Samaritans were basically individuals that intermarried with Jewish people who had left the faith. And so you had Jewish people who had intermarried with people that were not believers in God and, and that was not, not what God wanted at that time. And so the Jewish people of the day, when they walked through places of Samaria, they looked at those people and they would shake the dust off their feet because as if to say to God, God, we promise we will not follow their ways, we will not do what they do. And Nazareth was a town that had a lot of those individuals in its town. In fact, a guy by the name of uh, two, two individuals, Philip and Nathaniel, they once told people about the fact that the Savior was coming from Nazareth, and the people, the Jewish people in the area responded and said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? It was despised. It was not a great town. Now, pause. Isn't it interesting that God the Father sent an angel, Gabriel, not to the most devout followers of the faith? He sent the angel, Gabriel, to a town called Nazareth. We say all the time, God doesn't use perfect people. God uses broken people for his perfect plan. Continuing on, Mary was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Now, you remember the time when you were engaged? I want you to think back. Guys, watch your facial expressions. Just trying to help you out. But engagement, it's exciting. It's stressful. There's family members talking. Everyone's focused on the big day that's coming up. You have, you know, the event. You have, you know, the church. You have the, the ministry. You got to get everything in order. And it is crazy. It's organized chaos. It is stressful, but it's exciting. Now, in your families, when a wedding is happening in your family, it encompasses most of the family. And especially leading up to the event, most of the family is talking about it. They're getting the dresses. They're getting the fitting. And everyone's involved. Now, I want you to go to a small town like Nazareth for a second. And I want you to think of this. Mary is engaged to another man in the town. His name is Joseph. Now, everybody in that town knows that Mary and Joseph are betrothed. Now, let me tell you something about engagement during biblical times. Engagement is the same as marriage today. The only difference is consummation and cohabitation. And so when you are engaged to someone in biblical times, you are hands-off. You weren't dating other people. You weren't thinking of dating other people. It wasn't even in a thought. The family's basically, it was a done deal. You're basically married. We're just waiting for the event for you to consummate it and to cohabitate together. That was it. And so in a small town of Nazareth, Mary's walking around, and I can imagine everyone going, Mary, you ready for the big day? Mary, it's going to be exciting. Mary, aren't you excited? You know, Joseph, he's a fine, good looker. Oh, you got a really, really good one there, Mary. Way to go. So the whole town is talking and excited about the upcoming wedding of Joseph and Mary. And Mary cannot wait for her moment. By the way, if you're engaged in this room, it's her moment, not yours. Just saying. So Mary, Twitter-pated, excited, and God's going to show up in a way that she didn't think he would. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. For you have found favor with God. You will conceive 
and give birth to a son. You will name him Jesus. He will be very great. He will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, that's a lot to take in. And I'm sure Mary was just, I don't understand. And sometimes in the Bible, when we open up the Bible, we're we're guilty of this. We know what's coming. Like those of us who know the Christmas story know that, okay, Mary's being told now and we can't wait to get to the birth. And so we, we kind of fly through the passages of Scripture to get here and we miss stuff. I want to take you back because this week I was looking and I said, what did the angel Gabriel really, really say to Mary? What is it that is special about what he said? And I analyzed the five different attributes that Gabriel talked about that would happen to Mary. And so he said, Mary... Your son's going to be very great. And I thought to myself for a second, well, that's really not big news because if you're pregnant in this room and I tell you your son's going to be great, I know because he's my son and he's going, to be, he's going to be the best. He is going to be amazing. He is just going to be successful and everything because every mother believes the best for their child. But that's not exactly what the angel said. I want you to really look at what Gabriel said to him. Take a look at these five things. He said, number one, he will be Great. Okay, got it? Check. But the second one is where it really rocks you for a second. He says, he will be son of the most high. Now, if you're a Bible study student, you like reading the Bible, whenever you see in the original language, when you see in the Bible, the words son of, there is a definition to this. It's not like we think, oh yeah, he's the son of Mary. No, 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 no. no. Son of means in the original language, carbon copy. So whenever you see son of, it means Carbon copy of, carbon copy of, carbon copy of. Now read that with the language that Mary heard it in because she would know what son of means. So, hey, Mary, he will be the carbon copy of the most high. Who's the most high? Mary, your son is going to be exactly like God. Huh? What? That's where it got interesting. You mean Yahweh? You mean God who created the universe, that my son is going to be a carbon copy of God? He continues on. Mary, he's going to sit on David's throne. By the way, in the Jewish faith, they knew that the Savior would come from the line of David. He will sit on David's throne. Unbelievable. I love this. It says that he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Now, if you don't know the Bible very much, you're looking and you're saying house of Jacob. What does that mean? Basically, what Gabriel said is your son will rule over God's people because house of Jacob means the Jewish people. So your son is going to be the leader of all the Jewish people, Mary. What? And then as only God can do, if you ever wonder about prophecy and you wonder about looking in, Gabriel gave us insight into Jesus' mission. Don't miss this. And if you have a Bible or anything, you need to circle this. Because if you ever wonder, were there times in which we knew what Jesus' mission was? We can go back to the prophet Isaiah and we can actually highlight and we can see that. But we can go right here in Gabriel's words and we can see what Jesus was going to do. Because Gabriel says, and by the way, Mary, his kingdom will never end. In other words, his mission is about eternity. And all the Jewish people knew I'm going to die at some point. And Gabriel said, your son will rule forever. Now, if I'm Mary, 
I'm probably a little shell-shocked at this moment. In fact, let's see what Mary has to say back to the, to the angel Gabriel. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin, the angel replied. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, Mary, and the power of the Most High, the power of God, will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called carbon copy of God. Now, if I'm Mary, I, I can't believe this. I mean, I can, I can understand he's going to be great, but you're telling me that I'm going to have a son, and my son is going to be God, because it's carbon copy. It's going to be God. Wait a minute. I just got done seeing Joseph. I just walked down a road with him hand in hand. I just looked at him and gave him a kiss and said, bye, Pookie. I just picked the china dishes out. No, I'm just paraphrasing. That's not in the Bible. I picked the candles. I picked the venue. I picked the event. We've got the rabbi. We had the party planned. All my friends. I got my my bridesmaids. They're picking the dresses out. What are you talking about? I'm going to be pregnant? Just like some of us this Christmas. God, how could I get a call from the doctor like this? God, it's December 8th. God, Christmas is just two weeks away. God, I'm young. God, who's going to take care of my children if I die? God, how could this happen? God, this isn't the plan. This isn't what it's supposed to be. Maybe it's, God, I've desired a child for a long time. And God, it's painful. And God, I don't understand. And God, where are you? And God, to celebrate the birth of Jesus reminds me of the fact that I want a child. And God, how, how, how could you do this? Here's the truth about moments. God's moments might interfere with ours. And we can't understand those. And we don't know what God's doing at times because he's God. I really do believe that Mary was panicking at that moment. Because let's really look at what Mary had to really absorb in that moment. Mary had to accept her reality that her reputation would be destroyed. I mean, I think every one of us gets it. I'm pregnant and Joseph's not the father. And I'm not married. We're going to get to what happens to women that that happened to at that time in just a second. Mary had to accept that she could be killed. We're going to get to that in just a second. Mary had to accept the loss of love from her husband. What am I going to tell Joseph? He's going to see the bump at some point. You see, here's the truth. What Mary actually heard from Gabriel was this. Greetings, favored woman. You'll be despised by your peers. Greetings, favored woman, you'll be a disappointment to your husband. Greetings, favored woman, your desires and your dreams are over. Thank you, God. Thank you very much. And here's the truth. There are many individuals that have those kind of moments that they run from God and they get angry and bitter at God and they can't understand what God's doing. But whether you're a believer in Jesus Christ watching or here on the floor in the balconies, let me ask you a question, and I want feedback. And guys, hold this screen right here for just a second, okay? Is God faithful?
I'm going to ask it again. Is God faithful? Now, here's what I believe. Some of you said that, but in your hearts, you're struggling with it right now. And I get that. And that's okay. I want to give you permission. It's okay to say the words of your mouth and struggle with it in your heart. It's okay. Can God be trusted? And is God constantly at work in your life? When God's moments come in our life and they interfere with ours, when his timing is different than ours, when it's painful to be able to follow and walk with God, I want you to remember three things. That God is faithful, that he can be trusted, that he is constantly at work. I'm going to say it again. And some of you in this room or watching online, you need to hold on to this in your heart. You might not be able to believe it right now in your emotions where you're at because we're human, but you need to write it down. You need to circle it. You need to hold on to it because God is waiting on and God is going to bring a moment in your life and you're going to look back and here's the truth, that God is faithful, he can be trusted, and he is constantly at work. That has not changed, will not change, and will be here forever. So what changes? What changes is us. What changes is our circumstances. What changes is our desires. What changes is our dreams. There are some of you in this room that want a relationship so bad, you're willing to turn your back from God to be able to grab that relationship because you don't want to be alone forever. But here's the truth. God is faithful. He can be trusted. And sometimes God is doing things that you can't imagine. And Mary is sitting there, and she's absorbing all this. And here's what Mary has to deal with that you and I don't today. You want to talk about persecution at a time? Mary received this, and here's what Mary, allowing God to do that to her, here's what it meant for Mary. Mary would be dead in the next few weeks. Yes, it's true, because the law states it. And so now let's, let's bring Joseph Pookie Bear into the picture, will you? Because Joseph finds out from Mary that she is going to be pregnant. And let's see what Joseph does. Let's look at the character of Joseph. Joseph, her fiancé, this is from the book of Matthew, chapter 119, gives us insight into his life. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. You want to know a man that truly is after God's heart? Joseph knew, I'm going to be embarrassed. All these people know we were supposed to be married. They're going to find out she's pregnant. I can't tell them it's from God because it's crazy. And so we're just going to break off quietly so she doesn't get killed. Terry, why do you keep saying that Mary's going to be killed? Because it's the law. In Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 20, it says this, but suppose the man's accusations are true and he can show that she was not a virgin. In other words, that Mary is not married and she's pregnant. The woman must be taken to the door of her father's home and there the men of the town must stone her to death for she has committed a disgraceful crime in Israel by being promiscuous while living in her parents' home. In this way, you will purge the evil from among you. Greetings, Mary, most favored woman. Mary pictured in her mind, I'm going to get drugged to my father's house in front of my dad and they are going to stone me to death. Thanks a lot, Gabriel. Thanks a lot, God. Great moment for me in my life. As I said before, here's something for you to remember. The moment prioritizes long-term health over short-term comfort. The moment that Mary had had nothing to do about her dreams in the moment. It had everything to do about what was best for Mary 
and the rest of the world for eternity. The moment that God brings into your life has nothing to do specifically with your short-term moment. It has everything to do, and, and I'm going to show you in a second, it has nothing to do with your short-term and it's everything to do with your long-term. Why? Because God doesn't work in the short-term. God works in the long-term. Because God is never going to allow something in your life that is going to lead you to disaster. That if it's God's will, his will is always looking ahead of you. His will is always pointing you to health. His, his will is always wanting you to be holy, which means one heart connected to God. So God is not concerned about the short term. He's not going to look at you and say, well, I know that this sin right now is really bad, but you really, really want it. I know this sin is going to lead you down to destruction, but I'm going to go ahead and say, okay, go for it. He's never going to do that in your life. And Mary had to be faced with, I'm going to die, but it's what you said. Now let's see what Mary responds to Gabriel when the moment occurs. Mary responded in Luke 1, 8, 38, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. And then the angel left her. I grew up in the Catholic Church, and in the Catholic Church, there's a lot of honor for Mary. It differs from a lot of other churches, but I will make this statement about Mary. There is nothing magical or mysterious about Mary. Mary was the mother of Jesus Christ. Mary was an incredible woman. Mary was a faithful woman. She's not a deity, but I will tell you this about Mary. We don't give Mary enough credit as we should. Because I want you to look at the words that Mary said. Mary didn't just look. Don't miss this. Don't lean in a little bit. Mary didn't just put her toes in the water and say, all right, Gabriel, I, I, okay. Mary didn't just say, all right, but you better come through. Look at the words that Mary said. You talk about powerful. You want to know about a powerful woman? Take a look at what she said to Gabriel, knowing that I am probably going to be killed. She said this. The five things that you said, may every one of them, everything you've said about me, may they come true. Wow. Here's what Mary heard. And here's what she thought that she was saying yes to. Mary, you're going to be stoned. Mary, you're going to be mocked. Mary, you're going to be disgraced. Mary, you're going to be all alone. Mary, you are going to hurt others. But when God brings a moment in your life and he thinks of the long term, here's what he actually, here's what Gabriel actually said to Mary. Mary, you are going to be the most famous mom ever. And thousands of years from now at Ocean View Baptist Church, they're going to be using you as an example to encourage lives forever. Mary, your son will be like no other. Mary, your legacy will be secure. Mary, you're going to be a part of God's story for eternity. But in our humanity... During this Christmas season, you're going to vacillate and you're going to battle between hearing what God really wants to do in your life and here's what you're going to hear sometimes. You're going to be made fun of and you're going to say, do I have to? You will be irrelevant in your business. I just can't do it. You'll be alone the rest of your life. That's cruel. There are some of you here that are willing to sacrifice your long-term health for short-term comfort. And God is looking at you saying, I'm sorry, I cannot give you the desire of your heart if it means long-term disaster for you. I can't do it. 
You will never get ahead financially. There are some of you in business right now that it looks like and it looks to be easier and it looks to be better and it looks to be more profitable, but if you cut corners and if you know it's not right and you cannot look at God and say, God, put your hand on my business and bless it because God is not about the short-term security. He's about the long-term health. The truth is in moments that God gives, here's what he really says to you and to me. Moms, dads, single adults, you can and will be an inspiration to others for years to come. Business owners, individuals with responsibility, your business will be blessed like no other. Your spouse will inspire you to be closer to me. And those of you that desire and cry out to me, you will never know want if you can find and hold on to my promises. This Christmas moments matter. And here's what we do during Christmas. Those of you that have lost loved ones, those of you that are crying out to God to answer a prayer that you've been praying for years, here's what we do. Those things bring pain. And we don't like pain. And we run from the pain. I'm gonna ask you a question again. Is God faithful? Can he be trusted? Is he at work in your life today? Then don't run from the moments that bring you pain. I pray that this Christmas you'll look into the eyes of God and you'll be able to say, God, with this request, may everything you want be done in my life because I trust you. If you can put his moments before your moments, this Christmas will be different. Not because you might get what you want, but because of what he's doing in and through your life. When your moments become less important than his moments, the moment will occur. Would you pray with me? God, I have no supernatural powers, but God, I, from standing up here and looking at the church, and I can sense when there's pain. And God, right now, I know that there are some in this room that are hurting. There are some that are angry. There are some that are bitter. There are some that just want to know why. And God, my heart hurts for them. I don't know how it happens, but God, I just feel it. God, I cry out to you on their behalf. I cry out for the families in this room that are just struggling. God, I just, I pray, God, not necessarily they would get what they want. I pray they would get what you want. God, I know that you can bring peace to a broken and contrite heart. And so, God, I pray that every one of us will get to the place where we can look into your eyes and say, may your will be done. May it happen as you've said. For those in this room right now that don't know what it means to be able to answer a question that if you were to die today that you would spend eternity in heaven, if you don't know the answer to that, then you're missing the most important moment. 
And so right now, it might be in this moment of prayer for you to finally stop running and to finally stop making excuses and for you to finally look up to God and say, God, it's not about me fixing my life up. It's not about me getting better. It's not about me necessarily stopping sin. It's about me surrendering. And so God, today I surrender my life and I ask God that your will be done. Thank you that you forgive me. And God, I trust you. And so I thank you that today that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I will spend eternity with you. God, thank you. And so God, for all of our families, may this Christmas be special. And may we be able to celebrate the good and the bad because we know that you are faithful. We know that you can be trusted. And we know that you're at work. We love you. In Jesus' name. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.